Hey there, welcome to the Snakebird Podcast. My name's Josh. And I'm Steve. Together we invite you to join us as we explore the mysteries of Scripture, the realm of God, and freedom through Christ. So spread out those wings and slither in place because this is Snakebird. Hey, welcome Snakebirds to the freshest episode of the podcast here in 2021. Today we're discussing New Year's resolutions, what we think of them, why people make them, and what we feel like we as snakebirds are disciplines that we can implement to make changes that we stick to over the course of the year. That's right, guys. It's great to be with you on this fine day in a fresh new year. And I have a feeling that today's episode, out of perhaps every episode we've done so far, might be the most relevant to its release date. And the reason is because of 2020. And I think I can speak for many people on this. Um, 2020 has been one of the most vexing years we've seen in a very long time. And with <laughs> 2020 being hindsight, I'm pretty sure the whole world is ready to turn a new page where maybe we still have some wreckage to deal with. But a new year has come and we have breath in our lungs to discover what mercies are new this morning on this day. Because as Christians, sometimes we have to take these things just one day at a time. Yeah, hashtag dumpster fire. <laughs> <laughs> For real. What a rough year. No kidding. No kidding. <laughs> But we fix our eyes on something brand new. That's right. That's right. And, you know, what better topic at the start of a year than New Year's resolutions? Yeah. Yeek. Yeah. <laughs> I'm pulling on my collar because so many people make them. And yet we're going to see uh, what the typical ones are and, and why and all those things. Yeah, for sure. And before we jump into it, a little history lesson for you um, on the origins of New Year's resolutions. I'm excited about this. Yeah. One interesting thing I found about the tradition of New Year's resolutions is that they stretch all the way back to ancient Mesopotamia, where the early Babylonians would have festivals called Akitu. And in these festivals, they'd prepare um, for the new year with their planting of crops and all of that by making promises to their gods. And then I found this extremely interesting considering the year of us choosing our next president of the United States because the Romans also subscribed to this New Year's tradition where they would elect magistrates and leaders in the Roman Senate. Wow. So I thought that was just pretty cool, the backstory there, especially this year with choosing a new president. Mm -hmm. So a little history. Oh, wow. So you're saying that it goes back... 2,000 years? Yeah, oh, over 4,000. Over 4,000. With ancient Mesopotamia. Oh, they did things a little different back then. (laughs) There was Molech and the fires and the the baby throwing, but (laughs) it was a variation of what we have today. Uh, Okay, so I have a top 10 list here of New Year's resolutions, and I'm pretty sure their top 10 and our top 10 were not going to match up. (laughs) Yeah, Uh, let's let's deal in the more present, I guess. Okay, so if you're looking at modern uh, times, top 10 New Year's resolutions. Uh, number one, you have people want to lose weight. They're yep. going to commit to doing that. I've, I've committed to doing that um, several years uh, for my resolution. And then you have exercise more. This is where the gyms really get those memberships. And, yeah. and they're like, hey, lock it in. Yeah. You know? <laughs> Because soon people will keep paying on it even if they're not showing up. Right. Uh, number three, get organized. Mm-hmm. Uh, always a great time. You just have 
Uh, Marie Kondo is on Netflix. And then there's this new organization show that people are watching and they're like, I just watched a celebrity do it and now I can do it at my house. <laughs> <laughs> there's that Jersey girl again. I love oh, yeah. It. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> uh, number four, learn a new skill or hobby. And I know uh, with quarantine this past year, a lot of people have been trying to learn musical instruments or, or uh, form different things, learn new languages, and the internet is a, a wealth of research for that. But that's something that usually people resolve to do in the new year. Uh, number five, live life to the fullest. They start uh, getting out those bucket lists and really um, endeavor to check a lot of things off of those things, uh, which doesn't play so well with number six, which is save more money or spend less money because <laughs> <laughs> usually bucket list things start to get pretty pricey. So, you know, a lot of people are trying to say, Hey, we'd like to have more on savings at the end of the year than we do when we blow it all in our Christmas light budget. <laughs> like, uh, Clark Griswold. Exactly. Uh, number seven, uh, some people want to quit smoking or, uh, quit doing a bad habit. Mm. Um, smoking was the number one bad habit that people were saying that they resolved to quit doing. Number eight, spending more time with family or friends, which we've had to do a lot electronically this year through uh, platforms like FaceTime or Zoom. And so as the year hopefully loosens up, we can do more of those things. Uh, number nine, travel more. Again, uh, more difficult this year than it has been in the times past. Yeah. And then number 10, read more. And uh, a lot of people resolve to do that. They say, I want to spend less time in front of the tube and more time uh, getting the written word. Yeah. You know, there's something about reading a book that really is just good for the soul. Yeah. I mean, obviously the Bible. Yeah. But I mean, just a book in general, finding some good things to read. Especially before bed. I think it helps you relax. Except for me, I always wake up and the pages are all crumpled because I fell asleep with it on me. Yeah, mine are all soaked because <laughs> of slobber. <laughs> TMI. <Yeah. laughs> you know, but studies show that um, about 70 to 80% of adults make New Year's resolutions each year. And unfortunately, 80% of those who have made resolutions have actually given up by February. Yeah. So there's not a lot of stick to itness. And uh, the shocking statistic is only about 8% of those that make those resolutions actually achieve their goals. Wow. Yeah. yeah. I think that's probably not news to a lot of ears. No. It's, it's become such a uh, almost a comical axiom that, that you just don't follow through. Yeah. You're like, <laughs> I'm going strong. And then halfway through February, you're like, I, I'm going back to cookies. Yeah. Yeah, the second week of January, half the time for me. Yeah, uh, do you remember Pam from the office? She goes yeah. every year. I get two weeks paid vacation, and I try to wait as long as I can. This year, I've made it three weeks into January <laughs> <laughs> before I take them. That's great. Yeah. I, I heard a, a or saw a meme or something the other day. It was a kid asking his daddy, "What's a New Year's resolution?" He said something like. Well, son, it's it's a planner for the first week of January. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Yeah. I was like, oh, so true. Ouch. Yeah. So, yeah. And, you know, I think it's because of that, um, the, you know, that truism, I guess, of, of what happens with that, that 
some Christians kind of frown upon even making mm. New Year's resolutions. One yeah. thing I ran into as I started studying for this episode is that uh, certain Christian circles really frowned on it. And the reason was because they felt that a Christian being a constant progression and becoming more like Christ should always be in this mode of striving for that next level of betterment as individuals in the body of Christ. Mm. And the undertone with the modern phrase New Year's resolution, as we just said, has become that kind of a joke where you don't follow through. Yeah. And so, and I, I kind of get that point of view to an extent, but, um, I, you know, if we take it out of that general bubble, I think that a Christian can definitely benefit from taking an honest assessment of what they need to work on and putting into motion a strategy for accomplishing that. Yes. Um, or as a pastor I used to serve alongside, used to say, take an inventory of your heart, mm-hmm. uh, which would be a pausing to reflect honestly on what God is doing in our lives, how we're responding to the Holy Spirit and all of that, and where he wants us to go from there. Yeah. So, yeah, it's, and that's kind of my approach as I continue in the episode is mm-hmm. more the deeper, you know, yeah, root of things, I guess. Well, it does seem like a stronghold for legalism in one way or the other, saying you can't make resolutions because you yeah. should already be exactly. um, that's true. moving forward, progressing. And then also yeah. uh, those that say you can would be like, well, are you just going to falter? But yeah. I think one of the biggest things is don't set yourself up for failure. You got to set yourself up for success by having realistic yeah. um, resolutions or goals. That's true. Sometimes baby steps work well. Yeah. Yeah. That's one of the things that I'd like to address. Man, little changes can make big differences. And yeah. um, they add up over time. You know, we talk about, let's just say a candy bar. If I see a candy bar, I usually eat the whole thing. But what if you were to only eat half, mm-hmm. you know, over the course of time, that's a lot of calories. Yeah. You know, or um, maybe walking a block daily. That mm-hmm. little bit of exercise goes a long way or reading for five minutes. Some people feel like they're not going to read a book because they feel like they're not going to get that much from it. But five more minutes a day than you were reading changes a lot. Yeah. You know, and, and maybe that's starting small, even like a daily Bible reading. Some people don't feel like they have the opportunity to read the Bible in a year. But when you realize how small that baby step can be, mm-hmm. when you get to that and you all of a sudden ate an elephant one bite at a time and you're yeah. like, oh my gosh, I read the whole Bible. Yeah. You know, and that's pretty incredible. Yeah. You know, that's really that's really cool. I heard a, an old farmer say once, kind of a little farmer's parable, that telling his son when they just had a baby calf, he says, if you go out there every day and pick that calf up, you'll always be able to pick it up. But if you start skipping, it's going to get heavier quicker and you're not gonna and it was kind of yeah. a silly parable but it, it, the way he told it it was really kind of kind of cool it's a sticking with itness yes yeah yeah build that muscle yeah get that muscle memory if every memory. day you keep it up you're you're gonna stay with it mm. stay with the with the goal yeah i like that yeah okay cool so uh i and i kind of mentioned this already but just to elaborate a little further i i have two categories when i was looking at this that that came to my mind and um the the usual stuff that we just talked about is is you know the stuff we we just said the the losing weight getting on a budget committing to you know different things and i definitely don't want to belittle things of that sort because it you know battles like those are important 
But the second category would be uh, what I would call uh, deeper New Year's resolutions, kind of a more of a root approach. And these goals would be more inward than outward. And to connect the two, I would say that sometimes we use the more outward goals as steps towards the inner changes, but the, the inner commitments will always bleed through in a visible way, which will eventually situate all of the usual stuff right where it needs to be. Mm-hmm. So, you know, change it at the inner part. And maybe I go in too deep there, not tr- trying to be Dr. Phil. But. Makes sense. There's <laughs> surface areas where if you only deal with those, you're not going to change the yeah, inside. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah. Better put. But um, yeah, and so I had two. I had two keys to choosing uh, new goals in our Christian walk to help you choose the goals. Oh, that's cool. Um, yeah, and I can I can dive into those now, Josh, or Please. we can. Okay, yeah. all right. So the two goals um, or uh, two keys to choosing new goals. And number one would be take a look back, and number two seek direction. Take a look back. You have no doubt heard a thousand sermons as well as some of our own episodes that we should not dwell on the past. But when we're analyzing our present with the intent of pushing forward, I think we should definitely take a moment to look back and see what has landed us in that present. Mm. Uh, Because if there's one thing I've learned from my own walk with the Lord is that nothing in our lives is insignificant. Everything happens for a reason. And there's things um, that could have been avoided, absolutely. Are there even times where we were involved with things that landed us in God's permissive will? Most definitely. But even in times where we were blatantly going against God's will for our lives, the Holy Spirit will use those memories and experiences in our spiritual arsenal to draw from so that we can obtain deeper wisdom and insight for our push forward. So whatever season you're coming out of, I would love to encourage you to look for clues in your not-too-distant past to see what God is leading you into. And then, when we've taken a moment to observe all that, we should seek direction. And that's that's the second key for choosing a new goal in our Christian life, New Year's resolution, whatever you want to call it. Mm-hmm. But um, seeking direction. The reason this is so important um, in identifying our next goal to strive for is because we often choose wrong goals. Uh, we might be 100% convinced in our own minds that the next step is to tackle a certain milestone, but if that's not what God has in mind, then we're going to have a really frustrating time. Yeah. And um, there's two verses that came to my mind as I was dwelling on this on this portion, and I'm just going to read them back to back real quick. And the first one is Matthew 7, 7. Ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and the door will be open. Very familiar. And then John 14, 13, and 14. Whatever you ask in my name, that I will do, so that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you ask me anything in my name, I will do it. Now, chances are you've heard both of those verses many times, some cases in context, some cases out of context. But both of these verses reveal an individual who is striving for something, And the approach they're commanded to take is to seek and to ask. And then the amazing guarantee that if you do that, you will obtain what it is you're seeking and asking for. So where's the small print, you might ask? Well, the two sides of the coin are motives and trust. And motive is touched on in James 4, 2 through 3. It says, you do not have because you do not ask. You ask and do not receive because you ask with wrong motives so that you may spend it on your pleasure. So that's the key. It's the motives behind the seeking and asking that are crucial. If we're striving for goals that cater to our self-image, our ego, things of that nature, 
then you're not going to find God's blessing in that goal, in that striving, whatever you're striving for. But if you're asking for things that will ultimately glorify God, then that request will be considered by God. And if it falls in his will, it's guaranteed to be granted, Mm -hmm. which is, man, that's an amazing thing to stand on. And and those were, you know, just two keys to see... uh, how to seek future goals for this year. Yeah. You know, guys, if you're if you're trying to um pinpoint what you need to choose for your New Year's Ooh. resolution. I like that. Yeah. Yeah, because we talk a lot about, you know, when you said look back, we talk a lot about looking back at those Ebenezer stones, those stones of remembrance, and say, How has God moved in my life? And what is the season that He's carrying me into? Um, specifically saying, uh, what do you want to do next? Yeah. You know, so many times in my life I've faltered looking forward to the future going, this is what I want versus saying, okay, God, what are you going to do? And then the opportunity to be flexible in those things going, oh, wow, um, my life is completely different than what I thought it was going to be. And, you know, and a lot of times with God, he focuses more on, um, when we talk about his will, he focuses more on the practical. Like, this is the will of God that you love one another. This is the will of God that you pray without ceasing. This is the will of God that you abstain from sexual immorality. Yeah. It's not like, go buy that house. Yeah. You know? <laughs> Move <laughs> to <laughs> Omaha. You know what I mean? Save the two coins you pulled from the fish's mouth. <laughs> Which, I mean, I would love if, you know, if the sky parted and that's the words you heard. But what you're doing is as you're uh, walking with him, you're establishing your footsteps. And I feel like um, as Christians, especially if we're talking about resolutions, what we want to do is be mindful of our trajectory Mm -hmm. because that's what the little things do. The baby steps do is they change our direction. Even if it's a degree, what that means is your life's going to look different because no matter what, whatever we're doing right now is actually aiming us towards something. That's yeah, very true. So if we're eating unhealthy, we're, you know, not exercising, which, you know, that's not always the case for me. I'm not always eating healthy. I'm not always exercising. I am pointing my health and my dietary stuff in one direction. Whereas if I'm mindful of it and I'm constantly resolving, then there's a chance that I'm going to go in a different direction. Yeah. That's true. And like you said, that was a really good point that if you're off even just a slight degree at the beginning, mm-hmm. in the end, that can that can amount to a large distance. Yeah. And while that matters so much physically, it matters way more spiritually. Mm-hmm. And so we want to make sure that, um, like you said, take a spiritual inventory of where we're at and be plugged into the right things. And, and I like the um, seek direction because sometimes even it's the, it's the advice of a friend, of a close friend who can speak into your life that really gives you those things to work on. You say, hey, what do you see in me? Yeah. You know, and I think um, somebody was talking about those I see in you statements where if people will take time to write down what they see in you, there's so many things that sometimes we don't even observe about ourselves that really build us up, you know, and I yeah. think that's an encouragement to do is say, Hey, what do you see in me? Ask somebody you trust, not somebody who's going to, you know, break you down, Yeah. but ask somebody you trust, what do you see in me? That is a spiritual quality and then build upon that. Yeah. Yeah. That's very good. So I was thinking about that. And you, do you remember hearing this, uh, this poem or this verse that says, watch your thoughts they become words. Watch your words. They become actions. Watch your actions. They become habits. Watch your habits. They become your character. Watch your character because it becomes your destiny. Yeah. 
I have. That, I'm glad you said it because I'd forgotten about that. That's yeah. a that's powerful statement. Which that comes up to me every time I think about New Year's resolutions and starting fresh and kind of um, focusing on saying, God, what is going to be my trajectory for this year? Yeah, that's really good. So, well, I have, um, I have. Lastly, my own personal New Year's goal. I'm okay. kind of, I figured I'd share that. Yeah. So. Um, I recently heard a sermon where uh, this concept really stood out to me, and it's the idea that we practice the presence of God. And the pastor I heard this from mentioned a certain Brother Lawrence who lived in the 17th century, who um, he's the main character the book is based on. And basically, uh, and the book is called Practicing the Presence of God. Josh, you have a cool story of how someone gave you that book. Yes, but, uh, yeah. It's, this stood out to me when I when I heard it, and basically through harsh beginnings and a ton of extraordinary hurdles in this man's life, Brother Lawrence had developed a system where he was always making himself aware of God's presence in every situation and circumstance. And it, it actually cracks me up that this story stood out to me because I know this concept to be true. Uh, Paul tells us very clearly in 1 Thessalonians 5, 16, Rejoice always, pray continually, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. And uh, Psalm 139, 7, Where can we go from your spirit, or where can I flee from your presence? And um, as Christians, we know these things to be true, but to hear them acted upon in the life of another believer like Brother Lawrence, or for you, listener, uh, to hear of it here on the Snakebird podcast, it might help remind us that we too can partake of these available benefits included for all believers. And he kind of reminds me of the selective hearing that a teenager has where mom and dad tell them a truth and in one ear, right out the other. But mm-hmm. when they see it, someone else tells them, they're like, hey, look at this new truth. And they're <laughs> yeah. like, I've told you this, boy. <laughs> Every day. <laughs> yeah. So sometimes we as believers, we can know truths from God's word, but they don't click until we see someone else thriving in those truths. So uh, this is one of my personal New Year's resolutions, or if you don't like that phrase, uh, something I've identified in my life that I need to work on this year, and that is to force myself in as many situations as I possibly can to be aware of God's purpose in all situations, what I can learn from those situations, spiritual realities of my situation, and in all things giving praise with a grateful heart to God for His presence in every situation. Because there's so much in my life that I've found myself over the years, I just get in this, uh, sometimes it's just a flat out pessimistic mode where I'm just like, this stinks, mm-hmm. this sucks, you know? Yeah. And and I don't, I don't stop to think, what am I needing to learn here? Why am I going through this? Why did I let myself go through this? All of those things, yeah. you know, but God has a purpose for mm-hmm. all of it. So that's, that's one of mine. Yeah. It's interesting because, you know, depending on where you're at in your life, there's an evangelical song we sing in church called um, Holy Spirit. It's like, you are welcome here. Come flood this place and fill the atmosphere. And then the little refrain says, let us become more aware of your presence. Let us experience the glory of your goodness. And, you know, I've sang that so many times, but at times I'm like, Oh yeah, God's actually here with me, in me, uh, you know, wanting to be part of the daily routine of my life. And, and yet I feel like that book with brother Lawrence is so powerful as, um, it's not our, God doesn't move away from us. All that moves away from us is our lack of awareness of his presence. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's a good way to put it for sure. And that's exactly what happens. Yeah. 
yeah, we come focused on the problem and we're yeah. like, where are you, God? And he's like, I'm right here. You know, yeah, yeah I'm right here. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he's right there. And you're like, you feel so far away. And he's like, I'm still right, right here, you know, I'm right here waiting. Yeah. And uh, that's a that's an awesome resolution. Yeah. We'll see how it goes. <laughs> <laughs> I really am going to strive for it, though. Well, and I think, OK, so one of the things that I came across is. Um, a couple of verses, Proverbs sixteen three. commit your actions to the Lord and your plans will succeed. Or Psalm 37, 5, commit your way to the Lord, trust also in him and he shall bring it to pass. Mm. And I feel like for our resolutions, whether we <laughs> feel like it's Christian of us to make them or not, for something like this to succeed and to stick is we have to choose um, commitments or goals within our convictions. Mm -hmm. You know, if we're like, I want to lose weight, but we don't actually want to lose weight, then there's a good chance that that's not going to happen or that's going to pewter out. Um, and so I, I feel like for some, they say, I want to be healthier. Um, and maybe if you don't include the reason with it to like be alive for your kids or Mm. to, be there for your wife um, when she's older. Those things, if you don't tie it to the reason, I feel like sometimes it's easier to forget the the plot. And, you know, I just thought about this, too. That That's a good thing to point out because maybe sometimes we, we don't identify the reason because we know the reason's not righteous. Yeah. You know, maybe it's uh, you don't want to get fit so that you can be promiscuous. Oh, you know wow. what I mean? Because yeah. there's a there's a lot of mindsets out there. I want to look a certain way, so I'm looked at a certain yeah. way. But there's, so there's sometimes maybe we're like, oh, let's leave the reason out of it. Yes. So that's that's a good thing to point out. Yeah, and and we're all about the why. Why do we do what we do? Yeah. And you know, for those that choose to eat healthier, or those that choose to exercise, those that choose to budget better, um, those that choose to get more organized, all of those things, if you know your why, then you most likely will follow through, uh, especially if it's for a good cause. Like if it's running towards wickedness or sin, then there's a good chance that even even in that case, you might go, well, this is not worth it because hopefully conviction sets in to say, um, I'm not going to do that for that reason. Yeah. Yeah. Good point. So I wanted to bring up one last thing and uh, I don't revisit this as often as I should, but American revivalist, pastor, philosopher, and theologian, Jonathan Edwards, as a teenager, wow, (laughs) uh, (laughs) penned a series of thoughts and practices to help cultivate his growth and grace. He would then reread this list at least once weekly to keep his mind focused and renewed on his goals. From history, we know that the result of this practice was that he became a man of humble godliness who was to become a significant spark used to ignite one of the greatest revivals known to man. He wrote 70 of what he called his resolutions. I want to read all of them, so settle in. No, I'm just joking. (laughs) (laughs) No, I I don't want to read all of them, but I wanted to point out a few that I thought were worthy of note. Um, I also want to include this personal note that he wrote in regards to his resolutions. In case anyone hearing these starts to feel overwhelmed and goes into the fetal position trying to achieve (laughs) this standard of righteous living. Uh, He said this, I want to be aware that I'm unable to do anything without God's help. 
I do pray that by his grace, he will enable me to keep these resolutions so far as they are in line with his will, that they will honor Christ. Mm. So, I mean, these are powerful stuff. And again, I'm not going to read all 70, but I'd like to share a few. Uh, So number one says this, resolve that I will do whatever I think will be most to God's glory and to my own good profit and pleasure for as long as I live. Resolve to do whatever I understand to be my duty and will provide the most good and benefit to mankind in general. Resolve to do this, whatever difficulties I encounter and no matter how many I experience or how severe they may be. So that was number one. Number three says this, resolved if ever, really whenever I fail and fall and or grow weary and dull, whenever I begin to neglect the keeping of any part of these resolutions, I will repent of everything I can remember that I have violated or neglected as soon as I come to my senses again. So he's saying that if I falter or when I get tired of trying to do these things, that the minute that I come out of them, I'm going to repent and keep pushing forward. Uh, Resolved never to do anything, whether physically or spiritually, except what glorifies God. Resolved never to lose one moment of time, but improve it the most profitable way I possibly can. Resolved to live with all my might while I do live. Resolved never to do anything which I should be afraid to do if it were the last hour of my life. Resolved never to do anything out of revenge. Resolved never to speak evil of anyone. Resolved to maintain the wisest and healthiest practices in my eating and drinking. (laughs) Gulp. (laughs) Um, Resolved to examine carefully and constantly what that one thing in me is that causes me to doubt the love of God, even the least little bit, and then direct all my forces against it. Resolved to study the Bible so steadily and so constantly and so frequently that it becomes evident, even obvious to myself, that my knowledge of the Bible has grown. Resolved that whenever I hear anything spoken in conversation that is praiseworthy in me, I will endeavor to imitate it. Resolved never to give up or even slacken in my fight with my own corruptions, no matter how successful or unsuccessful I may be. Just a couple more. Resolve never to do anything out of only duty, but according to Ephesians 6, 6-8, to do things willingly and cheerfully as under the Lord and not unto man. Resolved, I will endeavor to always keep a gracious attitude. And then the last one I wanted to read. Resolve to be honest with myself about what I find in my heart, even weakness or sin. And if it is something detrimental to my spiritual health, confess it to God and ask him for help in those areas. I mean, yeah. this is a man of just great conviction, and he had this seven was a teenager, seventy of these. Yeah, <laughs> wow. Yeah, and as he added to them, and I mean, some of them feel a little bit uh, repetitive, or they kind of um, branch into some of the same areas. But just reading them today, I was like, whoa. Yeah. I for me, this is one of my resolutions for the year talking about the things that we're trying to work on. I want to revisit this list for me just once a week and just ask, yeah. how am I doing on this? Oh, Do yeah. I have a gracious attitude? Am I watching what I'm eating and drinking? You know, yeah. 
<laughs> Am I doing anything out of revenge? <laughs> Man, it's it's almost an intimidating list, isn't it? It is. Yeah. yeah. That's that's a great faith. But I appreciate what he said at the beginning is that I can only do this by God's grace yeah. and through his strength. Yeah. Yeah, that's awesome. Because <laughs> otherwise you're like, eh. <laughs> if, you've never, if you've never read those 70 resolutions, go look him up because it's uh, it's worth a read. Yes, Jonathan Edwards' 70 resolutions. Just Google that and mm-hmm. it pops up on articles. Definitely stuff to chew on. Yes. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, yeah so. Well, that's resolutions, guys. New Year's resolutions. Yeah. Uh, this is to 2021, all right? <laughs> let's leave 2020 in the dust and yeah. uh, let, let's start a new year here. <laughs> yeah. That's hindsight. 2020 is hindsight. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Hopefully we see things more clearly now. Exactly. Now that the rain year. is gone. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm just doing puns now. <laughs> we hope that uh, listening to this has helped you uh, decide what yours are going to be if you're going to choose some or maybe you're just going to keep on trucking on what's working really well for you maybe your walk with god is spot on and Mm. praise god for that seriously but um if not hey think these things over and um seek seek god's wisdom in what you should do this year things you should strive for yeah this is going to be 2021 for the books yeah. <laughs> okay. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. Was, Stephen's saying spiritual things, and I'm still stuck on puns. So <laughs> you're very good at puns. Oh, I will man. say, what's some of the best I know? <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much my favorite animal. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, I, yeah. I, was, I think I quoted it wrong. He's oh, like, no. <laughs> what do you he say? He's like, are you good at drawing? I'm pretty much the best I know. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, enough dorkness. <laughs> Guys, uh, we're glad that you're here with us. We're glad that we're going into 2021 with a podcast. You know, we've been doing this a year, and uh, time has flown. Sometimes it hasn't. Sometimes it has. But it's I, I'm excited to go, go another year with you guys yes. and uh, just really, really grateful for the faithfulness of the listeners, all of you out there. Thank you, yeah. Uh, y'all have really, really stepped up and, and hung out with us and grown with us in this. Yeah, and thank you for the ratings and reviews on some of our podcast platforms. We really appreciate that. Thank you for uh, the feedback that we're getting. Continue to share with us what your thoughts are. Yeah, please send us some ideas, guys. Stuff that's been on your heart, on your mind for this upcoming year. We would love to address the subjects that are on people's minds out there. I mean, this is this is for y'all, you know? Yeah. So, (laughs) (laughs) y'all. And the way that you can do that is to send us an email at connect at beasnakebird.com or you can send us a Facebook message or Facebook uh, just comment directly on our uh, page. It's Snakebird if you haven't found us yet. Uh, Like us on Facebook so we can know that you're out there. Uh, That would be great. It would. And Josh already mentioned, hey, it helps us a lot if you can give us a good rating. Um, share the podcast with your friends, social media, Carrier Pigeon, doesn't matter. Just share the show <laughs> if you like it, if it's making a difference in your life. So in 2021, always remember, whatever you do, wherever you go, no matter what life throws at you, there's never been a better time to follow the words of Jesus. And be, be a snake bird. bird.